Insatiable Appetite. This is Lori Demerit. I'm CEO of the Hartman Group, and I am excited today to talk about narratives. And this is David Emerson Fight. I'm Vice President of Strategic Insights at the Hartman Group, and I too am excited to talk about narratives. Uh, we'll talk about why we're excited. Um, I, you know, I would say this topic is especially important because narratives have values embedded in them. So it's the narratives, the stories we tell, the stories that get communicated, either explicitly or implicitly, on package, around packages, at retail. They connect with the evolving priorities that shoppers and eaters are bringing to food and to eating. Uh, they connect uh, with the higher expectations they may have. But you know, like as anyone could see, shoppers today have access to more information than ever before. Like so, data throughout our lives. It's abundant. It's accessible. So with all the information that shoppers have, I guess one question to begin with is why do we think narratives specifically are important? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think narratives are important because they paint a picture of how a product came to be, uh, which provides consumers a fuller understanding of how that product fits into food culture sort of overall, but also specifically into their lives. And I think in today's world where things are moving so quickly and no one feels like they have any time to do research or due diligence, Narratives give us a shortcut to understanding what a product stands for. So maybe cutting through the clutter of all that information. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, when you say a, what a product stands for, I think you know, you're know you referencing something we've seen over the last decade or so, which is a shift from the narrative of a brand to the narrative of a product. And uh, I think I would want to start out maybe by situating this conversation, uh, distinguishing it from a much broader conversation about brands in general, because in food, we've seen that the largest brands have become less large, they've become less dominant, with private label taking on a greater share across a number of different categories. And also at food, in the premium end of the spectrum, a lot of the, the segments in which our uh, clients uh, play, uh, including some of the sustainability and the valued or values-oriented segments, the consumers are often choosing products without even being really even aware of the brands that they're choosing. They're not able to name the brand after afterwards. They'll just say, this is the brand I got it, or this is the this is the the, the the water I got at Whole Foods or the bar I got at Whole Foods. And so the the sensory or the product attributes or other cues are mattering more and more in, in, in driving per- trial and purchase. But here we're really focused on the type of narrative that supports these choices that leads people to choose whatever products they're choosing. So um, in the past, we'd say that the, the, the brands have told the narratives which focus on basic purchase criteria like convenience and consistency and affordability. And the branding around this, if there's a story, it's the protagonist, it's the shopper, they've, um, they're meeting their family's needs or they're the eater who wants to enhance their social standing. You know, maybe it's kind of a badge value or, you know, be cool or whatever. Like, I wouldn't really know. I was never cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> but nowadays, as um, as brands become more diffuse to consumers, uh, especially because of the, the rise of small and emerging and new brands, so it's the products are telling us narratives around specific, around these different aspects, like instead of convenience and consistency and affordability, maybe it's health and distinctiveness and authenticity. And maybe as the product is more central, the narrative is less relevant for the shopper as the family provider and more about the shopper as like a community member or a world citizen or someone who's connecting with the food system uh, or a healthy future. And like a cynic might say, well, there's still badge value in that. There's virtue signaling and maybe, you know, virtuous is the new cool. But I think we'd observe that at least in food, 
this is tied less to the brands and more uh, and the and the brand images consumers display and more to um, the product and its attributes. So I guess we would want to now talk about the questions that clients are always asking us, which is how do I best communicate my product's uh, narrative? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great question. And there's no one answer that's going to be right for everyone. So there's no kind of cookie cutter solution or, or map we can follow because I think that's what's so interesting about the marketplace today is products can tell very different narratives and still be appealing to the same consumers uh, or the on the same occasions with different consumers. That said, we have identified four different areas or elements of a narrative that are most likely to interest consumers. Number one, it's what's in the product. So ingredients and other facets of what goes into that product um, in terms of its stuff inside. Number two, how a product is made or produced. Number three, who made the product and the people behind it. And then finally, the packaging and what does it convey. Okay, so starting out with what the first of those four was what was in the product. So that seems pretty straightforward, what's in the product. Um, But here, what we really mean, we're we're talking about beyond just a listing of the ingredients and the nutrition facts. It's about maybe how many ingredients, how recognizable are they, are they high quality or even organic, et cetera, et cetera. And this isn't even about having a clean label, although that's part of it. It's also the sort of the story of the ingredients and whether they convey any premium cues or, or, or origins. So, I mean, how important do we think it is, these things that are yeah. kind of adjacent to the things that are kind of on the back of the pack? Yeah, we think they're very important. I mean, I think some of them are sort of like greens fees, like you have to have that clean label and you have to have ingredients that they can recognize. And then all the other things are the the elements that really make it distinctive. So um, are they organic ingredients? Are they fair trade ingredients? Are they other elements of things that will make them different from everyone else on the shelf? And certainly this particular element of narrative has grown exponentially in terms of consumer interest. Uh, recently, I'd say in the past five, six years, um, now when we ask consumers what they care about when we're talking about product transparency, we find that this understanding of what's in the product is now the number one thing that consumers say they care about. And over two thirds of consumers say that clarity around a product's ingredients is the best way to earn their trust in terms of what they're buying. Well, that's... Um yeah, that's quite a shift. So uh, the second narrative pillar you you, you know you l- laid out before the uh, the how. So this is how a product is made. This is one that's maybe more recent in terms of consumer interest. Uh, so we would say as as a result of I think what a lot of people have seen the the consumer move towards fresh, uh, real, less processed foods. Uh, consumers have been become like really pretty fairly savvy about production processes. And in general terms, they're looking for processes that emphasize minimal impact uh, or minimal impact on the product itself. Like the like all of these industrial processes should not uh, inflect what's you know what what would ideally be in the product. Uh, and in the U.S., at least, you know, we've observed that regulators have basically decided that what's important is really the end state of the product, no matter how it got that way. But uh, even so. U.S. consumers are continuing to say that they care about the how. And this can be a point of difference for products, uh, telling a story that goes beyond the good enough and more uh, gets to a story about why the product should be preferred, why the shopper should prefer to choose and use one product over another or this product. Uh, So narratives here should focus on uh, traditional or artisanal techniques, which provide quality cues to the to the shopper and to the consumer. Mm-hmm. And this is like this kind of quality story is the kind of narrative 
that the, the U.S. consumer wants to be a part of, the kind of quality that matters to many of them. So how the product is made speaks to the food story they want to be a participant in. And I, I think you wanted to cover off not only uh, on the food story, but also the, the social story, because mm -hmm. it, it's not just how, but also the, the who, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's another element to this that's a little more recent in origin. Um, we actually see it as a direct result of the sort of burgeoning consumer interest in social sustainability. And what we mean by that is sort of the people, the communities, and the animals uh, that go into making the product. Um, so telling that story of who made the product is obviously an aspect of emerging brands that they've done quite well, primarily because a lot of those brands were founded by someone who's very passionate. Um, and really the whole narrative and, and brand story is around this one person. And so it's just like a matter of fact that, of course, they're going to understand what's behind it. Now, that doesn't mean that big brands can't utilize this narrative of, of sort of who made it in social sustainability. Um, many of the large companies also have stories about their producers, uh, their farmers, the communities in which the products were produced, even stories behind the corporate employees that work at the organization. So this doesn't just have to be a story about smallness or a, a single passionate founder, although that's great. It can also just be a story about the faces and the people behind the product, which is increasingly uh, relevant and I think uh, a sign of quality and legitimacy for many large brands as well. That's, that's really interesting. Uh, so now the, the fourth uh, and final aspect, I guess, of narrative that you mentioned was the packaging. And we know that packaging is a rich space in food culture today. Uh, it conveys just so much about the product. And here, I mean, we're not talking about the text on the packaging. What we're, and we're not just talking about like making specific product callouts and listing the ingredients. But this is like the design of the package, the, the packaging and the package, the use of certain packaging materials, uh, you know, maybe the, the appearance and the feel of the package. Uh, and, you know, with sustainability issues continuing to, continuing to gain momentum, the use of recycled materials and whether the package itself is recyclable or reusable or compostable is becoming really top of mind because, you know, shopping and using is now part of this larger longer product life cycle story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think what we're starting to hear in interviews that we never used to hear in the past is that issues like just too much packaging or, you know, packaging that seems unnecessary is starting to be something that comes up unaided when we're talking to consumers. Um, and I think clearly, you know, Common Sense tells us that packaging is so incredibly important because it's being used as a cue at the shelf by consumers. So they're sort of judging a product by the packaging and that could cause them to um, either start to try it, you know, so cause initial trial, or it could be outright rejection. And so I think this issue continues to evolve, especially uh, as we see new brands that consumers aren't familiar with come to the shelf. And so packaging is saying a lot about those products. Um, I'm very excited because we're going to have a big focus on packaging as part of our Q3 sustainability study. So we'll get a lot of insights there in a, in a space that's really emerging. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm also very excited about that. And as, as you know, I mean, just during the past couple of weeks, we've been involved in discussions about like, what should we focus on in uh, this year's sustainability study? And, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of love around digging into packaging um, as a, as a, as a new mm -hmm. locus of, of consumer and shopper interest and, and for product storytelling. So just in general, I think we'd want to um, maybe bring to a close by emphasizing that, you know, the reason that narratives are so crucial today for producers is because they tell a story about the product. They, you know, if, 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 if you're a producer, it's the, these narratives are telling a story about your product. The story can cover everything from 
higher quality consumption experience, to better value, to personal connectedness, or even a contribution to the greater good. I mean, that's where a lot of narratives kind of find their place today. Um, you know, I, someone just uh, uh, was talking to me about storytelling and, and invoked uh, Brene Brown, the social scientist at, uh, who's done a lot of TED Talks, and she, she's famously said, you know, stories are data with a soul. Um, so, you know, I think there's an analog here because pr products don't inspire, uh, they don't inspire people by listing a bunch of nutritional facts and ingredients. They really inspire shoppers. They inspire consumers by telling stories about those attributes um, and explaining how these attributes can help us lead a better life, uh, be better lives and better communities. Yeah, yeah. And I think just to, to close, maybe it's self-evident to the listeners, but you know, these narratives obviously have to be true. They have to be authentic. And I think importantly, they have to be right for the brand. So they can't simply be stories that are disconnected from the larger kind of soul, as you said, David, behind that brand. And so making sure that they're in alignment with all those facets and obviously be ones that will um, be able to stand up to the scrutiny of consumers as they maybe pull back the curtain and want to know more about these narratives. That's great. So we would love to continue this conversation. Please reach out to us in any t at any time. Uh, we are hard at work on getting that sustainability uh, study going and would really appreciate hearing from uh, any of our listeners, any of our, our larger community. Great. Thanks so much, David. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye, everyone.